Uh, We are in our season of studying emotionally healthy discipleship. And we are looking at the seven marks uh, of, of what identifies emotionally healthy discipleship. And so we've gone through three of those already. We have looked at that we're going to follow the crucified Jesus, not the Americanized Jesus. We looked at that we are going to embrace a lifestyle of weakness and vulnerability. That we're not going to pretend like we're strong. Jesus is strong for us. We can be vulnerable about our weakness and our brokenness because in that weakness is where we find God's strength made perfect. It's in that weakness where we find that God's grace is enough for us. Amen? And then we also looked at breaking the power of the past, that if we're going to be emotionally healthy disciples, we have to be willing to go back and explore our past so that we can be set free from those things so that we can move forward. And if you've been following Jesus and you're like, man, I love Jesus, but I still have these same broken behaviors that I keep falling back into, it's because we need to go back so that we can be set free from those things and break the power of the past. And so today we're going to look at mark number four of emotionally healthy discipleship, and that is discovering the treasures that are buried in grief and loss. Discovering the treasures buried in grief and loss. And to do that, you guys remember last year we had our preaching development team, and we were working them up. They're like pitchers in spring training. They start out throwing 20 pitches, then they throw 40 pitches, and then they get up to full strength where they can throw 100 pitches in a game. So we had our preaching development team. They started out speaking for 10 minutes, and then they're speaking for 15 minutes. Well, now we are ready to give that team the pulpit where each one of them is is gifted and anointed to have the pulpit and to teach the full sermon. And the first one to kick this off is our very own Liz Kuzin. And so we're going to have Liz come on up here. And let's pray for you, Liz. Go ahead, stretch your hands out towards Liz this morning. Lord, I thank you for Liz. I thank you for her life and her devotion to you. Lord God, I pray that you would use her today, God, that you would flow through her, through her personality. Uh, Lord, through the words that she speaks, through her own story, God, would you use that to declare your word and your truth over our lives today, that, Lord, we can discover that you're at work even when we're in the midst of grief and loss. Anoint her, let her speak, Lord, as she hears your spirit speaking today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, here we go. Good morning, everyone. This morning, I have the privilege of sharing a message. And the topic on the message, like Pastor shared, is on grief. And when I first found out about me preaching on grief, I was like, oh, you know, last week on Sunday, we celebrated the resurrection. We were excited. We were pumped. We were on a high. Jesus has a victory. And now we're going to take a few steps back and talk about grief. And, you know, while I was thinking about it and processing my topic, instantly I started to compare myself. Oh, who could do this better? Who is more qualified? And so... As I was, you know, practicing yesterday and thinking about all that I have to say, God just put it in my heart to share that we all go through grief and loss, and comparison is a thief. So that was like the first thing that I learned for myself. I can't compare myself to anyone else, but I have to embrace my grief and what I have been through. I'm like, well, you know, Jake is super qualified. You know, he's been through this and that. 
And God's like, girl, you have been through the fire, and I have been there with you, and you are going to declare that in my name, and you're going to give my people hope. So I just, <laughs> that is my hope this morning, that we can look at grief, and, you know, it is hard, it's not easy, it's a heavy subject, but I just, my hope is that I can give you a new light and maybe just amazing reminders as you walk through any season that you are in life. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so the title of my message is Grieving is Real, but Jesus can heal. And my starting scripture is John 16, and it says, or God tells us, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so with that, you know, last week, like I just shared, we were celebrating the resurrection. Jesus has the victory. But if we take, you know, we go two days back, we think about Good Friday, all hope was lost. It seemed like, you know, it was all dark, which it was that day. But little did we know, you know, two days late, or sorry, three days later on Sunday, Jesus, like, you know, he won the victory. And so because of him, even through our grieving and our losses, we have the victory. And so on this side of heaven, things will happen that we don't understand. And, you know, sometimes we won't get an answer until we see Jesus. And if we feel compelled to ask, we can. But why would we? We're in heaven, right? So <laughs> some types of loss, I, you know, did a little bit of Googling. And some of the things that popped up when we talk about loss um, is death of a loved one. You know, we have relational breakups, friendships, divorce family expectations. Um, sometimes in our own personal life, we think, why am I going through this? Or, you know, what if this would have happened? Or, you know, my life should look like this. Um, another thing that happens in our lives is, you know, we go through health issues, the death of a pet, jobs, financial stability. When we move, selling the family home, we lose material things, sexual assault, betrayal, infertility, miscarriages, comparison plus so much more. If I didn't list something that you have gone through, I apologize, but I am here to remind you that your grief matters, your loss matters, and, you know, God cares, and he is with you. So um, I have a few definitions uh, with some of the words that, you know, are kind of big in my message, like the word grief. I am a third grade teacher, so I like to define things. <laughs> so for the word grief, um, it's the mental, or sorry, grief is keen mental suffering or distress over a loss or affliction, a sharp sorrow. Grief is a deep emotional response to a great loss. And then we have mourning, and not like mourning a new day, but joy does come in the morning. But this morning that I want to define is um, to express grief or sorrow, Mourning may be expressed by weeping, audible sounds, you know, crying, and just the inward silent grief that we experience. Um, that is mourning. So what is the difference between grief and mourning? So grief is more the um, internal, what we like think and feel. So that could be fear, loneliness, panic, pain, yearning, anxiety, emptiness. So we experience loss internally but also the mourning is the outward expression of our grief. And so we have grief, we have mourning, and those things are really hard. So what do we do? And so the big thing this morning is go to God because Jesus is our healer. The title of a message, you know, yes, grief is real, 
but Jesus can heal us. And through my study and the chapter that I was assigned, um, there were amazing reminders, and I'm going to read some of those and kind of share some snippets of my life. But in the chapter that I read, um, one thing that was super important, I thought, to share was God is seeking to enlarge our souls and deeply transform us, but we seek a quick end to pain. So sometimes in the middle of our grieving or when we lose something, we just, you know, want to get through it, want to get over it, want to cover it up with something else to help us in the process. And some of those things that we may go to could be alcohol, drugs, food, unhealthy relationships, you know, traveling, removing yourself from reality, you know, I'm taking a vacation, life is too hard, I'm going away, and even sometimes overworking yourself. And so back in October, when I got to share a little bit about my life, um, I talked about a huge breakup, and in that season of my life, you know, one awesome thing that happened was I was getting closer to God, but as I was getting closer to God, I was like, oh, I'm going to volunteer here, here, here. I'm going to take care of everyone else, but not myself. And so, you know, I was working, teaching first grade. I was working at Lens Crafters. I was helping with the cakey ministry. I was helping with the youth group. I was going to a women's group. And then, of course, I felt burnt out. And I remember, you know, God was like, yes, it's important to help others and to minister to other people, but you're important too. And you can't give from an empty cup. So you have to kind of pause and reflect and think, you know, what, it, like, what am I going through and why am I trying to cover it up? Basically, God wants us to embrace what we are facing. And it is really hard. It's so much easier, you know, to just help other people because everyone needs help, right? And so a very important thing is um, do not depend on others or things. Why depend on worldly things when you have the savior of the world? Jesus is the answer. And so when I was, you know, thinking about all that I wanted to say, it was just like, wow, like I remember that specifically. I was just super sad and, you know, I was faking it till I was making it. Like I'm a follower of Christ. I shouldn't be hurting. I shouldn't be this because I have the joy of the world. But in reality, God wants us to work through those feelings and emotions because, you know, we are broken people. We aren't perfect. He is. And so if you can face your reality and heal, then you'll be a hope to someone else. <laughs> so another thing, and this is in your bulletin, um, we see losses as obstacles we have to overcome in order to mature in Christ. And God sees our losses as requirements in order to mature in Christ. So, like, we see it as an obstacle, something like, oh, I just want to get around it. But God's like, no, <laughs> you're going to go through the fire, and I'm going to be with you. And, you know, there are times where it seems like, God, where are you? Why aren't you here? But he is with you. And you can be in your 20s, 30s, 40s. It doesn't matter. We all go through losses. We all go through pain. And, you know, we live in a fallen world, and we are going to suffer. So, you know, as you get older, it doesn't mean that you're done. It doesn't mean that you stop maturing. You, we never stop growing in Christ. And so I think that was a super cool reminder because, you know, I'm like 31 and I'm like, all right, well, I made it. And he's like, <laughs> you know, kind of like giving me a checkpoint where it's like, you know, this is going to be applied in your life again. And you don't know when, you don't know how. So it's, you know what, be prepared, be ready. Because in this world, you will have troubles. 
The next thing is that losses that are not grieved accumulate in our soul like heavy stones that weigh us down. So that's pretty heavy, right? <laughs> like if you don't deal with your pain or your loss, then how are you going to move forward? It'll keep coming up. And one thing that I wanted to share with that is, I, I don't know if you guys knew this, but I don't expect you to know. <laughs> my parents are divorced, and that was you know, a whole other thing in my life that I was like, wow, like preparing for this message and then just like thinking about being, I think I was like 13, 14 when they got divorced. And then as a sophomore in high school, I moved from California to Indiana, huge culture shock. I was losing my friends, our family, home. There was like so much that was, you know, being lost. But in preparing this message and just thinking back to the healing process, God was like, you know, if your parents weren't divorced, which that is really hard. So if you've been divorced, you know, or if someone in your family has gone through that, it's not easy, but sometimes those things happen and it's better than being in the chaos and, you know, wishing. So I remember like my brother and I would be like, it would just be better if, you know, they decided to go their separate ways. And that's kind of heavy to say, but if, you know, you're not in a healthy relationship and it's just kind of, you know, you're going around in circles. It's kind of like, you know, it's time. So I still have moments where, you know, I get emotional, like it's Christmas or a birthday or Easter, and you think about all the things that you used to do as a family when you were a kid. And, you know, the thing that I do is, you know, I let Jake know, like, hey, Christmas is coming up. I get a little weird, but I'm still happy. I'm still going to celebrate because I love to celebrate, but I miss my mom. And, you know, I'll cry and I'll laugh and I'll pray. And, you know, God downloads things in my mind to say, like, yes, I know you're hurting, and it's okay. Like, just come to me. And, you know, just think about all that has happened through that. I mean, had they not gone divorced, gotten divorced, you know, I wouldn't have been in Indiana. I wouldn't have probably not have gone to Purdue. I probably wouldn't have met my friend Sid at the church that I started going because of the breakup that I went through and then Sid came here and then she met Jake and then you know she introduced us via text and now here I am preaching which is amazing <laughs> so it was, God was just kind of like do you see my hand in all of this and when you're in the fire you're like oh, I don't see God like you know where is he and it is really hard and I remember advice from like People that were helping me and walking this out with me, they're like, God is with you. And I promise you one day you're going to see that his hand was, you know, pulling you along and he was carrying you through. And I'm like, when? <laughs> but it's all in timing, right? We all grieve differently, but kind of not really. What I mean by that is for some of us, it takes a little longer. So it just takes a little bit more of praying. It takes more of being vulnerable, finding a friend, finding a counselor, and um, things like that. So the next thing from the book that I thought was super powerful is, um, and it ties in with what I just shared, when we don't attend to our losses, they prevent us from living freely and honestly with God and others. So yes, God knows everything. He knows our thoughts. He knows us from the inside out. And with that, I was reminded that even though he knows me perfectly and he knows what I'm thinking and he knows what I'm going to say, he still wants me to go to him and share my feelings and express, you know, my despair, my sadness, my anger. So, like, yes, he's perfect. He knows us. But he wants us to humble ourselves and to draw closer to him. And, you know, as we draw closer to him, then, you know, we 
get a little push and we feel a little stronger little by little. The next thing is, um, so like I just shared, grieving is, I think, kind of similar for all of us. And there are more points um, where I'll touch on the process of that. But at the same time, God made us all unique, you know. So a big loss to me could be a small loss to you. So we all respond differently. And every season looks different. Every loss looks a little different. But sometimes it looks the same. So um, when thinking about that, I asked Jake a few, you know, personal questions, and I have full permission to, sh to share. <laughs> so for him, two big losses in his life were one losing um, his dad, and he has also lost his mom. So with dad, he shared that the grieving process took a little longer. It was a little harder um, because it was unexpected. He's 11 years old, coming home from baseball practice, to, just to find out that his dad passed away while surfing at Wild High. And so, you know, he's healed from that and things like that, but it doesn't mean that it wasn't easy. And then for his mom's death, um, the joy came a little faster because she was no longer suffering or in pain. There was a peace. So joy does come, it just takes time. <laughs> so um, another thing, when thinking about that, it's like, you know, for me, sometimes I get more emotional for him because both of his parents are gone. But, you know, I ask him, oh, like, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Do you feel this? Do you feel that? And one of the quotes in the book um, is, we do not become less through loss. We become more. Sorrow enlarges our souls. The soul is elastic like a balloon it can grow larger through suffering. So for me, like that was super important to point out because I feel like in my own personal life, I feel like the enemy will be like, oh, you don't have this and you don't have that. And oh my gosh, you went through this and you went through that. And then you kind of, you know, the enemy wants us to pull away from God and he wants us to be stuck and be in a rut. And so, you know, if you've lost, you know, a loved one or a relationship, things like that, it doesn't mean that you're any less. God loves you, and he sees you, and he wants to grow you in your suffering. And as he's growing you, then you're able to disciple to other people that will go through the same thing, you know, maybe one day. So we grow, we mature, and we become more and more of the person that God has called us to be in order to help and disciple other people that we may, you know, meet. So with that, in Isaiah 45, 3, it says, I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. So in our grieving, it might be, you know, hard to even think, like, how am I going to find a treasure in this? But you will. <laughs> I can't tell you when. I can't tell you the timeline. But the closer you get to God, the more you're vulnerable, the more you open up your heart, he's going to, you know, download those things and show you. And so, like Pastor Aaron, I think it was two, three weeks ago, he had the bricks with the bag, and then, you know, he had to dig in for the gold nuggets. So they're not just going to appear. <laughs> we have to put in the work, and it is hard. It's not easy. But some reminders for us this morning, I don't know where we're at in life. We're all in different stages, but it's okay to not be okay. You don't have to pretend like you have it all together. I think sometimes that's a huge misconception because, you know, if you're on the worship team or digital campus or 
serving with the cakey ministry, setting up. Like, there's so many different areas in serving, but, you know, that doesn't mean like, oh, hey, what's up, like, to my friend, and, you know, maybe they're going through something. So it's important to be real with yourself. Like, okay, I'm serving. I'm not supposed to feel this way. What is wrong with me? And sometimes the enemy wants us to keep that to ourselves, but I think it's important, you know, to ask for help if you need help or, you know, go to God, go to Pastor Aaron or, you know, go to someone that you look up to and trust and say, hey, like, I'm feeling this way for this reason. Um, so being vulnerable is another reminder. And sometimes, like I shared earlier, we want to distract or numb ourselves. So we prefer to skip what we don't understand. We try to hold it all together on our own. And, you know, we try to fill up the calendar, get busier. But, you know, at the end of the day, God wants us to come to him, and he wants us to trust him and to fully rely on him. And in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In Psalm 73, 26, it says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So with those verses, I was just reminded that we don't have to pretend. You know, even if you are on the worship team, even if you are, you know, preaching on stage, if you are going through something, I think it's important to bring it to the light and to be honest. And God uses us. Like, we're not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm a broken person. We're all broken. The only perfect person is God. And he wants to use us, and he wants to help us through our grieving and our losses. So there are three phases for processing grief and loss. Um, and the first one is pay attention to pain. And that's actually one of the blinks on your bulletin, or in your bulletin. So when you're grieving, you have to, you know, check your feelings and process them. If you're feeling angry, if you're feeling sad, anxious, if you're fe feeling glad. So you're going to go through a roller coaster. And I think it's very important. And in the book um, is where I got this from, to stop, pause, and, you know, pray to God. And honestly, this pay attention to pain, it doesn't only have to happen when you're grieving a loss. It actually, um, yesterday, <laughs> I was feeling a little edgy, and I was, like, a little annoyed. And, you know, Jake is a funny guy, and he wants to make me laugh, and he doesn't want me to stress. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, like, he's kind of being negative right now, and I just need him to be positive. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, like, shared it with him. I was like, hey, you know, you said something, and... I don't know, I was kind of negative, and I just really need positive and joy and all of that. And as I was, you know, we were talking about it, I, like, paused. And I'm like, yes, I'm sharing one of my points. So, like, every single day, you know, we're not all happy, perfect every day. If you are, I'm like, okay, sorry. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, we have jobs, and, you know, some of us are parents, and we go through health things. And so, it's okay to, on your, in your daily life, even if you're not experiencing a huge loss, you know, we reflect um, in those moments. So it happens daily without us even noticing sometimes. So I think being honest, being real with yourself, talking to the person that hurt your feelings or 
that made you, you know, a little frustrated. And most importantly, pausing and praying to God. You know, I teach third grade, and some days my kids are like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, God, take the wheel because, you know, <laughs> it's a stressful, hard day today. So sometimes just praying and asking for help in the middle of a lesson, in the middle of your job, in the middle of changing a diaper. I don't know what you guys do. <laughs> so um, the second thing is waiting in the confusing in between. So waiting is so difficult because we are not sure where God is, what he is doing, or when his waiting will, or when this waiting will end, if ever. We can't see the future, and there is no way back to the past where we had a stability and order. So sometimes in our life, we're like, why is this happening? God, where are you? Or I can't imagine a new future. Like, this is it for me. <laughs> so I remember, you know, when I was 20, in my early 20s and going through that huge breakup, and I'm like, all right, well, life is over. I'm going to be single forever. This isn't fun. And God is like, no, I have something better in store. But, you know, like the healing, it didn't happen in a year. It took me like three or four years to just really feel solid and ready to carry on with my life. Like, guy is gone, like long gone. He forgot about you. <laughs> and I was like, wow, it's, it's funny because you know, I'm relying on this human, you know, we're human, we are broken, and God is over here, like, whispering and trying to, like, get me to, you know, go to his side, the light side, and so when we wait, it isn't fun, um, and it is hard, and all we can do is open up our Bibles, fall to our knees, seek God, because ultimately, he's perfect, he's the one that resurrected, he has a victory, so why am I depending on someone when I can depend on the one who knows me and loves me for me? Um, and that leads me to um, point number three, allow the old to birth the new. So Jesus' death and resurrection enables us to affirm that our losses and endings are gateways to new beginnings. God brings resurrection from our losses. So what may seem impossible is not because why we have God we rely on him. And, you know, for me, the miracle back when I was in my 20s is, yeah, I always believed in God and I loved God. And I know that, you know, on Good Friday, he was crucified, he resurrected, but he wasn't first in my life. I wasn't going to church every Sunday. I wasn't helping in anything. I was, you know, just doing me and being sad and, you know, probably being not a fun energized friend and just complaining and <laughs> probably annoying my friends. And so for me, one amazing miracle is like through that grieving process, you know, God snatched me up and I was looking for him and putting him first and, you know, living the way that he has called me to live according to his word, you know, his will, not mine, his plan, not mine. You know, we plan a lot, right? We plan like crazy. And then when our plans don't go our way, we're like, and God's like, well, <laughs> you know, here I am trying to get your attention. And, you know, we ourselves sometimes go, like, through a different route to get to where God wanted us in the first place. So for me, like, being 31 now and looking back, I'm like, man, I could have avoided all these tears. And I could have just been here. But that's not how life works. And even when you detour away from God, you know, if you know, you come back to him. He's always there. We're going to mess up. It can be a hundred, a thousand, whatever time. Like, he is there, and he will redirect you, and it might be, you know, a little fiery and muddy and 
dark, but he will direct you to the light. So <laughs> um, with that, I um, wanted to share the five treasures of resurrection. So, you know, we have the three things, facing the pain, waiting in the in-between, and then allowing the new to birth. And so at the end of that, the five treasures that we can find um, or that we realize that we found is that God offers us revelation of himself. So we have the Holy Spirit. God is on our side, and he's always available. It could be in your car, at your house. It can be at the beach. Wherever you need him, he is there. God makes us softer and more compassionate. Like I shared, you know, what you're going through now you might be able to help someone else along the way. And you never know. Like, we have these crazy random encounters with people. Like, I never thought I would meet Sid through going to church. I used to sit by myself, and I ended up in her belong group. And that's, you know, kind of how I met my mentor and now a lifelong friend who found my husband on a boat. So <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, God gives us a greater revelation of ourselves. So sometimes when we're grieving something, um, and for me, like, I've been sharing, you know, a breakup, six years. And, you know, you get lost in that. And then you rediscover yourself. It's like, I'm reading God's word. I know who I am. Why did I allow one single person to steal my joy, to steal, you know, the essence of who I am? He doesn't define me. God does. And so it's just a nice, awesome revelation that, you know, in God, I can be myself. And if no one else likes me, that's fine. Like, God loves me. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and then the next thing is God makes us more of our true self in Christ. And the last one, God makes us more truly alive to our astonishing world. So every single day that we, you know, wake up, have a job to go to, just all the miracles that we see every day, maybe we take them for granted. So Maybe I'll challenge you, you know, be grateful that you can walk, that you can see, that you can smell, that you can touch, that you can hear. Be grateful that you live in paradise, you know. Sometimes I get stuck in, like, I miss my mom, I miss my dad, I miss my brother. We're all over the place, you know, Indiana, California, and we're here. And I'm like, well, but we live in paradise, and we have a better, you know, option. So <laughs> let's just get them here. So, you know, when you grieve, it's messy, it's hard, but grief will turn to joy, and it looks different for all of us. In John 16, 20, it says, Very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, grief, but your grief will turn to joy. So through it all, he is with us, and there is joy. And yes, it's a roller coaster. It's different for all of us but we are promised true joy. And the next thing that I wanted to share about my personal life, um, which is kind of goes, it's kind of funny, <laughs> not really, but um, I can laugh a little bit now, but when I was preparing my message um, or getting ready to start back in like early April, end of March, um, Jake and I actually, had our first big discussion, and I'm going to spare you the juicy details, but um, <laughs> um, for me, it was ironic because, you know, I'm grieving, and it brought up present and past grief, and I'm like, 
feeling all of this. And I'm like, how can this be? Like, I'm about to preach on grief, and I'm grieving, and I'm not okay. And I felt really unqualified. And, you know, Jake loves God. I love God. And, you know, everyone's probably like, whoa, they fought? What happened? But (laughs) it's the reality, you know. Yes, our life preaches well, but, you know, sometimes what happens behind the scenes is also really important. And it's normal for married people to have discussions. That's what we call them, discussions. We don't argue. (laughs) You know, we always want to be respectful of each other. And so going, you probably were like two or three weeks ago, why isn't Jake on stage? That's weird. Well, because we decided we needed to just pause, take a step back, and, you know, kind of get back on the perfect track that God has for us. And, of course, we saw spiritual guidance from Pastor Aaron, and he reminded us that even though we're all broken vessels, we can minister more powerfully through brokenness. So I'm grieving now. We're still grieving, but we're almost at the finish line. You know, the light is right there, and I just felt like God wants to remind us all that we are broken people. I'm not perfect. Jake isn't perfect. God is perfect, and when we go to him and when we can rely on him and share his goodness and stand up here, you know, being bold enough to share a little bit about my personal life, it's like, oh, why, why is this happening? At first, I was ashamed. I'm like, how am I supposed to come up here and, <laughs> you know, talk about joy and the grieving process, but it is there, and, you know, the song Another in the Fire, we have to get through the fire in order to be able to celebrate the new and birth what God wants to birth in each and every one of our lives. So there's something really cool that I found online, and Nathan will be passing this out for us. Um, It's a tier model of grief, and there's an acronym for the word tier. So crying is part of life. I know we've all cried, even the guys. So... (laughs) um, For me, I find so much comfort in being able to just cry. I like to cry, which is kind of weird. But I cry when I feel emotional. For me, that's just kind of the way to release everything. I could be upset. I can be sad. Crying, it helps me. And I encourage crying, you know. Um, So the letter T stands for to accept the reality of the loss. The E is to experience the pain of the loss. The A is to adjust to the new environment without the lost. And you can fill in the blank. I know it says person, but you can change the person to relationship, friend, thing, anything. And then the R would be to reinvest in the new reality. So, yeah, the tier model, I feel like, kind of encompasses everything that I've shared, just in a more simple way um, for you guys to remember that. And then I'm going a little off track, but... There was a song that I used to listen to all the time, and this week I've been playing it like every single day, and just really going back and thinking about my suffering, my pain, and all the different ways that God showed up in my life. And so I just wanted to share a song, and you can Google it later or find it on Spotify. But it's by Hillsong United. It's, the album is called Of Dirt and Grace. And during worship, I realized, oh, we're actually singing one of the songs from the album, Scandal of Grace is part of that album. But the other song that I really loved was, um, oh, Even When It Hurts. So I'll just read some of the um, words in the song that really just took me back to my early 20s and when I was, you know, 
grieving through heartbreak and, you know, being like, okay, Jesus, like, I know you're here, but I can't see you and <laughs> things like that. And the song um, says, even when my strength is lost, I'll praise you. Even when I have no song, I'll praise you. Even when it's hard to find the words louder than, I'll sing your praise. I will only sing your praise. Take this mountain weight, take these ocean tears, hold me through the trial, come like hope again. Even when the fight seems lost, I'll praise you. Even when it hurts like hell, I'll praise you. Even when it makes no sense to sing louder, then I'll sing your praise. I will only sing your praise. So for me, you know, I remember feeling like the world was going to end, just crying endlessly and just feeling like there wasn't any hope. And sorry, I'll invite the worship team up while I wrap up. Um, but the song, it was just like, when I found it, I was like, wow, like, this is exactly how I feel. And my only, you know, hope right now is Jesus. So you know what? I'm not okay, but I'm going to thank him for this. I'm going to praise him louder. I'm going to just keep running to him because really there wasn't any other thing I could do. <laughs> and that happens in everything, right? I'm just sharing snippets of my life, you know, the divorce, having to move, being brokenhearted. But whatever you're going through, I assure you, you will find the joy and there will be the golden nuggets and the treasures. And then, you know, we are all walking testimonies. So we should be, you know what? I got through that and it was by the power of God. And then share that with someone, someone at work, you know, just anyone. Give them the hope, give them the light, give them the love that you have experienced. And so I didn't get to preach on love, hope, or faith, but honestly, those are all wrapped up in grief. And so grieving is real, but Jesus can heal. Wow. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable and modeling exactly what it is that, that we're striving for as a church. And um, I told Jake and Liz, man, you guys made it two years into your marriage before you realized it wasn't perfect. Like, you're doing pretty good. You're, you're doing pretty good. But thank you so much for, for that, that vulnerability. And I just want to pray. And then we're actually going to sing the song, Another in a Fire. I don't know if you knew we were going to sing that song, but Fran opened the service by mentioning it. And it just seems like the perfect song to sing uh, as, as, as we embrace this truth that was taught to us today. Um, but, you know, God was actually even speaking to me as, as Liz was speaking. And in this whole emotionally healthy journey that I've been on, uh, vulnerability and even making myself vulnerable before the church has been a, a big part of that process. And, and one of the things that really struck me is that when I got here five years ago, I was, you know, the new young pastor, and I was so excited to get started, and I was chomping at the bit, and I saw some things that were unhealthy that needed to be addressed, and I saw some, some things that I wanted to change, and we wanted to uh, clean up the building, and there was just all these things. And so when I took over, I shot out of the gates. But what I failed to do was to recognize that there was a church full of people that were losing a relationship that they had had with their pastors for 26 years, that Merv and Dar were here. And as a young man who didn't have the wisdom at the time, 
I didn't recognize that the church needed to grieve. I was just so excited about the new. And that was a failure of mine five years ago. And unfortunately, there's people that are no longer a part of our church because of that failure. That we didn't take the time to grieve the loss. And so I'm learning. And as I lead this church and as I learn and grow, I don't want to make those mistakes again. I want us as a church to be able to grieve the losses. To grieve, even though we celebrate when something new is happening, we've got to grieve that something new means something old is gone. And it's okay to process the pain of that loss. And so I just felt compelled of the Holy Spirit to, to share that today. Can I pray for you? Jesus, thank you so much for the word of God that was taught today. I pray that this truth, Lord, would get into our hearts and our spirits. And that, Lord, we would find you in the darkness. We would find you in the fire. I pray, Lord, that we would discover those hidden treasures that Isaiah prophesied about. That, Lord, in those secret places, Lord, as we press into you and lean into you in the midst of our pain, in our grieving process, that we would find those treasures. And out of it, Lord, we would have a greater understanding of our true self. Out of it, Lord, we would have a greater compassion for what other people are walking through. Out of it, Lord, we would have a greater revelation of you, Lord, and who you are in our lives. And out of it, we would have a greater wonder at this amazing world that we live in and the astonishing reality of the creation. Jesus, would you work these treasures in us? But Lord, would you call us to a place of stillness that we stop trying to cover up the pain, that we stop trying to distract ourselves from the pain, and that, Lord, we would stop and we would attend to the pain. And as we journey into the pain, we'd find that you'd been waiting there for us all along. You'd been waiting for us there all along. Jesus, Jesus, you're the greatest treasure we have to find. And we find you, Lord, in the places we didn't expect. So God, I just pray your sweet ministry of grace continue to work in our hearts as each one of us grieves our own losses in our different seasons of life. But out of it, Lord, we would be enlarged. Our souls would have a greater capacity for love and grace. And Lord, we would have a greater maturity in our walk with you. We thank you for all of this, Jesus. In your mighty name, amen, amen.